Hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome to the Passionate DJ Podcast. I'm your host, David Michael, and I'm hanging out with my friend, the Mighty Modingo. How you doing, buddy? Sweet. So you just got back from a pretty exciting trip. Where did you go and why? Uh, I just got back from a 10-day trip down to Jamaica. It was grandma's 99th birthday. So, yeah, 99, folks. So if you think about it, you know, she was born in 1916. We're talking first car, first airplane, computer, you know. Grandma's seen some stuff, man. So just kind of being down there to celebrate her life and uh, getting to hang out with a bunch of relatives that I only get to see every couple of years is pretty sweet. But also having the opportunity, you know, just to be around all that family from all across the country, all across the globe, super sweet. But uh, all work and no play makes Mighty Modingo a dull boy, right? So you had to go running around and checking out the local scene and kind of talked to some DJs and got a feel for the scene in Jamaica. And, and that's a really neat opportunity. So I'm just wondering, was there anything striking that you noticed about the differences in DJ culture between, you know, here in mainland USA versus Jamaica as far as their approach, the music they played, the stuff they used and so on. And we're going to get into an interview that you had with a guy named DJ Crazy who has a lot of cool stuff to say. But what did you notice right off the bat? One of the key differences I noticed right off the bat was most of the DJs that I encountered had a a hype man or an MC or is what they refer to as a selector. We get into that in the conversation with DJ Crazy and he goes and elaborates a lot more on the role of the selector and the DJ within that particular culture. Um, you know, I ask him questions about like, you know, are there other avenues for different genres of music? And we go into that, but obviously, you know, I think at the end of the day, a DJ is a DJ is a DJ, you know, selecting tunes, making mixes. And actually, now that I think about it, all the DJs I encountered, they were all playing outdoors. I was just going to ask you, did, did you actually encounter like, an inner inside like nightclub style venue or was it all beach and, and stuff like that it was all beach they did have a um a club at the resort i stayed in but i kind of gave my younger cousins their space and didn't like encroach on it and uh didn't go in there but by their accounts uh that the dj was pretty tight in there as well they believe that um a contract resident dj and uh, DJ Crazy, he just kind of did the beach stuff on the side. All the other DJs that were at the different events that I went through throughout the day, they were contracted as well. And uh, pretty interesting stuff. How did you actually start talking to uh, DJ Crazy in particular, the guy who we're going to hear from here shortly? I mean, was it, uh, did you just walk up and start talking to him? Because I, I know he was doing things besides DJing. So just kind of paint the picture for us, if you don't mind. So uh, he was part of the um, resort staff. And he is the supervisor of entertainment at the resort I was staying at. And I believe it was the second or third night that I was there. They had a beach party. And I just happened to notice that they set up a laptop and a mixer. And I was like, oh, well, there's a DJ here. And so first, of course, I you know listened to him a little bit. And then once I realized that he was actually DJing, um, I just kind of went over there and introduced myself. I was like, hey, do you mind if I record you? And he was totally fine with that. And then I just kind of observed and watched what he was doing with the crowd. And then after I realized that, you know, he had some amount of skill, you know, I talked to him at the end of the night and I was like, hey, would you mind, you know, talking to me and doing a quick, quick interview? And I kind of gave him the background of, of who we are and what we represent. And he was more than happy to give us a, an interview. And um, I learned a lot. I was, it was far way more than I was expecting from that uh, 30 minute interview, I think is what we did. So it was really cool when I went and listened to this, when you first brought it back, because 
it was interesting to hear a lot of the stuff that I've heard about Jamaican DJ culture, but in a currently relevant modern context. So, you know, we've talked about a little bit about the history of DJing and how Jamaica falls into that and as well as hip hop and the selector and toasting and we've touched on those things but a lot of that you know I, I tend to think of it as, as history and I didn't know how much of it was happening now and it sounds like that that whole vibe is still very much alive was it what you expected? The previous times I had been to Jamaica I never really paid too much attention to the DJs themselves um, other than the fact that they indeed had DJs I do recall um, they're always being a quote selector with them, but I never really understood the role of the selector until DJ Crazy uh, gave us a, basically a 101. Now, um, Mr. Shifter touched on it a little bit during his episode, but it was, like you said, really cool to get the inside, you know, relevant, you know, today vision of what the roles are of the DJ and the selector in the Jamaican DJ scene. What was it like musically? I mean, were they all playing similar types of music where you went, or was it very was it varied? Was it hip hop? Was it very reggae and and uh, reggaeton type club sounds that we hear here, or what what could we expect here if I if I stayed at that resort? There were three different DJs I encountered. The first one was at a event that uh, my aunt had put together in a place called Little Ochi. It's the southern part of the island, and she had actually hired that DJ to play music for our dinner that night. So, you know, with most of our family, you know, I'd say it's about 50-50, half reside in Jamaica, half reside in the U.S. or or globally somewhere. So they were playing, you know, they actually were playing country. Really? Yeah, and then the funny thing was all the Jamaicans were singing. They knew all the words, and I was like, wow. And even my wife was like, wow. <laughs> so that was super cool. But, um, you know, playing some top 40 um, R&B, um, and also throwing in a little bit of dance hall and stuff, you know, your standards that everybody knew. Uh, but the second place we went to, it was a, a place called the Noisy River. And that place was a, quite the spectacle. Uh, as soon as we got there, I got off the bus and they had these massive speaker stacks. And apparently they set this stuff up every Sunday. And all these DJs and selectors go out there. And that was strictly dance hall. You know, the whole time I was there. I saw a picture of it. The stack. So you're a tall guy and these stacks were at least a good uh, head and shoulders above you, maybe two or three times over. Oh, yeah. I go about six two on a good day. And these things were probably about 15 feet high. Um, And actually, I was quite impressed with the clarity of the sound because it was evident that they set that stuff up and and put it back up, you know, every week because they had the big uh, U-Haul truck there. And uh, they're all, you know, and they had the big amp racks and everything. So, and there's some pictures that we'll include in the show notes on this. But, yeah, that was completely, like I said, all straight up dance hall um, selector going off, you know, routinely. Um, Now, my uh, patois is a little rusty, uh, which is to say that I really couldn't understand what he was saying. So, Jackie might have to help us out on that. Or if any of our listeners are out there from the islands that can maybe help us translate some of that because the Rosetta Stone didn't work out so well. Um, or maybe even um, DJ Crazy, if you could reach back to us and, and give us a little bit of a translation. But that was the one thing I noticed uh, that was vastly different at the Noisy River is that the selector was just going off and going off and going off the whole time. And almost as if the DJ was secondary uh, to the event. And um, 
during the interview, the DJ Crazy talks a little bit about that as well. So the the DJ is almost providing a backdrop to the person who is on the microphone rather than the other way around, which is typically what we might see here. If, if somebody's doing that in the Midwest, if there's somebody up there behind a mic, they're supplementing the DJ. Yeah, I think, you know, in the States, we might see a hype man. Or for those of us older heads, you know, like a Flavor Flav or Too Big with MC Hammer, that sort of thing. But uh, in this particular incident, it seemed like the selector was more out front of the DJ. So that was a little bit different than what we're used to here. I mean, aside if you go to like a rap battle or ciphers or things like that. So yeah, that was interesting to observe. I'm just curious what everybody was, I know you only had a, a small sample of, of the culture and, and got a taste, but I'm just curious what, as to what everybody was using um, gear-wise or software-wise. Did you have any observations there? Yeah, I did take an opportunity to kind of get behind some of the um, decks and everything. Uh, you know, everybody was using uh, laptops and controllers. It seemed to be, I think Newmark seemed to be the predominant controller, but I'm pretty positive that all the DJs I observed were using um, virtual DJ. But you didn't see any tractor or, or like straight up pioneer setups while you were there? In the club, one of my cousins said that they, um, well, from what he described, I'm pretty confident they were CDJs. I don't know what brand or anything like that. But again, you know, we're talking a multi-million dollar resort, so they're probably going to have high-end gear. I mean, I don't know that they're going to throw festivals or anything there, but um, I'd expect the, the quality of the gear to be a little bit higher. Now, the one thing that was a, a bit of a challenge is that I tried to give one of the DJs some of my music and his computer was a little bit older. So when he went to transfer the tracks, I remember looking at the screen and it said it was going to take 16 hours <laughs> to transfer like 30 gigs of music. I was like, uh, bruh, I got a bus in the morning. But, um, so, but, you know, Jamaica, you know, their main source of, uh, I guess, legal commerce <laughs> would be tourism and i think only second to that would be like coffee perhaps and the fishing industry so but it's one of those third well i wouldn't say necessarily third world countries but it, there still is a lot of disparity between the um in the economic standpoint so there's like a very thin middle class you know and you're you know then there's the the rich and the uber poor so you said you were staying at a resort. So what were the the crowds like where you were? Was it was it kind of a mixed crowd between uh, touristy people and locals, or was it mostly one or the other? The resort, I'd say, you know, most of them were North American, you know, to include Canadians. Okay. Uh, it's only seconded by probably folks from the UK, some French folks there, a handful of Aussies and Russians. But I always seem to encounter Russians and Aussies whenever I go there. Okay, so what was your what's your favorite thing about visiting Jamaica? Honestly, it's the food. Um, getting out of the resort and going into you know off the beaten path Jamaica because where I was it was not in the resort areas. A place called Mandeville, which is pretty much in the central portion where my grandmother lives. She used to come visit when I was younger when I lived in California, and I remember the first meal I had. It was I don't know if you ever seen Ratatouille when they're eating the food and they have flashbacks to their childhood. Like that's exactly how I felt. You know, I, t I remember taking that first bite and I just remember like being a you know eight year old kid with Afro and braces, you know, with the sweater with my name across the chest, you know, uh, and just eating grandma's food. Uh, so, you know, that was very, it, it was, it's very nice to have those kind of uh, recollections of, a, of another time in my life, but just everything being consistent. The, the food, the weather was uh, pretty awesome. Didn't get super hot. And uh, just, you know, being around all those people, 
you know it was just it was just nice all right well i appreciate you squaring up this interview man i think our uh, our listeners are really going to appreciate it and i want to give a very special thank you and a shout out to uh, dj crazy for spending a few moments with mo here and i think our uh, listeners are really going to enjoy it so i appreciate that and here is mo dingo's interview with dj crazy all right ladies and gentlemen it's mo dingo coming to you live from my vacation in jamaica uh during my travels here, I just happened to stumble across a DJ last night at the resort I'm staying at, and I uh, want to take some time to introduce you to him. So, uh, why don't you tell us who you are, what your name is, and where you're from? DJ Crazy. I go by DJ Crazy. I work at the Hotel Rio Montego Bay, and I'm originally from Kingston, but I reside in Montego Bay now. Okay, so Kingston's not really close, is it? Yeah. No, it's not. Like three and a half hours away from here. Okay. So, you have to drive on the highway, go through the toll, all that stuff. Yeah, I've been here for about a week, and um, my grandmother, she lives in Mandeville, and that's kind of like headed that way. So, folks in the States, if you don't understand what the road's like are in Jamaica, there, I'll, I'll tell you one thing. There's really no straight road to get you to one place on the island. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so to get from where we're at in Montego Bay to Kingston, um, you pretty much have to go around the perimeter of the island in order to get there. And then, as you can tell by the background, we're near the airport, so you might hear a little bit of this traffic as we're going through with this interview. So, uh... So crazy, how did you get into DJing? Well, when I started working at the Rio Hotel, I came here as a professional dancer. And then I saw I saw this guy mixing. I didn't know anything about it. I just saw him syncing tunes and going in it. And I'm like, I was very hypnotized. I'm like, what is that? You know? Then I went over to him and he showed me the first track on a virtual DJ. Okay. So that's the way, that's the track I learned to mix on, a virtual DJ. Then after that, I just practiced, practiced, practiced. I started right here at Rio Montego Bay, okay. right here. About how long ago was that? That was like eight years ago. Oh, wow. So you've been at this for a minute then? Yeah. Okay. I've been here for, yeah, for about eight years. Okay. So you've seen some of the evolution as far as like even the software and the controllers and yes. stuff too? Definitely. Now, most, most DJs in most hotels, they use, they use virtual because it's an easier way to go around, you know? But when you're outside, it's a totally different thing. Okay, so you said you also DJ outside of the resort yeah. as well? Yeah, I DJ outside the resort when I have the time, you know? When I have the time, like on my day off on Sundays, I will go outside and I will DJ like on the beach, you know? I will just do like a club, a venue, a program for weddings or anything like that when I have the time, but that's it. Okay, so... You, so you also so you provide uh, services here at the resort you know, as a DJ, but then you also take the time to DJ from your heart and, and, and the passion that you see in music. Yes, def- definitely. You, ha- you have to do that, you know? If you love something, you have to practice your art too, you know? Your craft is very important. So when I do get the time, I just go outside and I do my craft, you know? I come back here and same thing. So, so you, do, you, you, you DJ from your heart outside the resort, but you come here and you pay the bills, essentially. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's it. That's, that's, that's more like it. More like it. But from once you love what you do, it becomes natural. Okay. Becomes natural. Yeah, and I could really tell that last night that um, I could tell you were a true uh, artist by how you were mixing, and you were doing a lot of drop mixing last night. And I was really impressed with that. And you, he wasn't using sync, folks, so that was another thing that was pretty impressive. But um, I could also tell that his um, his talents were a little wasted on some of the folks here last night. I mean, granted they were dancing and everything, but I could tell that Crazy has a lot more skills than he was showing off last night. So big props to you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So. Um, 
during my time here, uh, I went to a place called the Noisy River, and I was there a few days ago, um, and they had like all these huge stacks of uh, of stereos, or sorry, of, of speakers, and like everybody was there. And apparently they do that every Sunday. Are you, are you familiar with that scene at all? Well, no. The Noisy River, I've never really been there, but I heard about it. Okay. But outside's a total different way of DJing when you're inside a resort, you know? Yeah, yeah, very much so. One thing I did notice is that um, while the DJ was DJing, there was an MC and he was toasting quite often, so. Yeah, but when he was, when he, when he was hosting, did you understand what he was saying? Not really because my Jamaican isn't that much up to speed, but I knew that the crowd was feeling what he was yeah. saying and they were responding to everything that he was dropping on them. Yeah, that, that's most Jamaican. Well, in Jamaica, we call them selectors. Okay. Selectors, yeah? So you have the DJ, I am the, the selector, that's the person on the microphone. Okay. So the person on the microphone gets the crowd going. Okay. All the time. It doesn't matter if you, you're playing crap. <laughs> you know? That, that's with the Jamaican MCs, as you will say. Okay. The Jamaican, the Jamaican MCs, they, they push the crowd to a limit that you feel so good, you know? Okay. Say, for example, he would say, if, if, you're, if, you're, if you're high, let me see your hands up. And he just play a song right after that. Okay. So the song blends in what he's saying. Okay. Yeah. So almost like a, a modified form of drop mixing, but with a, with a selector yeah. kind of directing it versus the DJ kind of directing what's going on. Exactly. The selector plays an important role in most DJing here in Jamaica, okay. you know? Some, it depends on the area you go to DJ. Yeah, on the area you go to DJ, you'll find different mixes, different ways of mixing. Some, like the ghetto in Jamaica, you have to have a selector. Okay. Have to have a selector. So, so that's like a, there's a standard expectation in certain yeah. areas that you better have someone who's bringing the heat yes. on the mic. Okay. Yes. So you'll have like a popular selector in the area. Everybody knows him. You know? And he goes on, he sets up, he's talking. He will, he will say, for example, all the guys, put your hands up in the air. And all the guys are just waiting on the next song to drop. Okay. Tout in the streets, they call it murder. <laughs> hey, welcome to, you know. Okay. It keeps, it keep, it keeps the crowd pumping like okay. that. Okay. Well, you just have to be careful what you say and how you say it. Okay. Yeah. So would you say that the selector is more important than the DJ? Or is it like a, a relationship that they have to have and they have to work well together? The selectors here, most of them know exactly what they're doing. Okay. If you're that good of a DJ, you don't need a selector. Okay. Some some people, some guys DJ and select. Wow, that's gotta be that's gotta be insane. That's the hard part. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a whole difference when you're just DJing and the, and the guy is talking. You don't have to worry about nothing. Mm -hmm. But when you're DJing and selecting at the same time, it's pretty hard because you have to be concentrating on what song to pull next. Yeah, I'd imagine it takes a lot of brain power. And what to say. Yeah. You know how to get the crowd moving, what not to say, because you don't want to say something to offend anybody. Outside is totally different. Okay. You know? Very interesting. So there's a lot that goes into the DJing and MCing uh, more so here with this type of culture than it sounds like in the States, because I think it's only certain um, types of DJing where in the States we have a, a selector or an MC, more like, I think in the hip hop crowd and maybe in the Raga jungle element. You know, that's about the only time you see a selector. The select selectors here are really, there are a few selectors here that, that's really well known. Now, if you go to an area where you say you're a selector, if they don't know you like that, you have to be really good. Because they will be looking in your face like, you're, you suck. <laughs> you know? But if you're, it's a popular selector like here in Jamaica, 
We have slitters called Boom Boom. Very popular slitter. Okay. You know? Boom Boom, you have Tony Mataron. You know, you have Tony Mataron. Okay. Tony Mataron, you have Boom Boom. You have DJ you have DJ Fantasy exclusive. You know, those are slitters who are really popular. It doesn't matter what period they go in, what year of Jamaica they go in, from once they go on that microphone, they get the crowd going. Okay, so they automatically get respect because of yeah. their, their pedigree and their resume, that people know them. So uh, one of our frequent guests, uh, Jack Sheets, um, he's uh, he specializes in the jungle and drum and bass, so he, I'm pretty sure he'll remember some of those names you just rattled off. Here in Jamaica, we have a lot of sound clashes. Okay. So sound clashes are basically, you have to have a selector and a DJ. Okay. Now the sound clashes here, they're raw. Very raw, it will leave you stunned. So is sound clashes, is that where you have DJs and selectors going against other DJs yes. and selectors? So a no. we call that a battle. In the sound, we, have, we have sound clashes that takes places in Germany. Okay. Where everybody comes from all over the world and they the best selectors, the best DJs, you know? They have different genres. Now the first genre will give you acapella, dub. Oh, wow. Now, you never heard of dub. Yeah. You know what a dub is? A dub is a, a DJ, a popular DJ like, for example, what Jamaican DJ do you know? Uh, not a whole lot. Not so, whole lot. Yeah. Uh, for example, Bob Marley, he's dead. Oh, yeah. Rest okay. in peace. Now, a dub here in Jamaica doesn't mean dubstep, mm -hmm. right? A dub is a, a popular artist singing acapella. Now, he will say, when I'm, when I'm uh, versus him, for example, a popular song here in Jamaica, Stone Love, right? DJ Crazy versus Stone Love. Okay. Now, they have a round they call acapella round, dub okay. for dub. Okay. Dub for dub means which artist you can get to disrespect the <laughs> other song. Okay, so in the United States, that'd be like in our hip hop uh, scene yeah. where you have battle rap. What? There's no music. Okay. No instrumental, just dub. Okay. Dub. Now he would go, he would just pull it on the track yeah. and he will say, Stone Love, your head is so big, DJ Crazy is the man. True. That's, that's a dub. Yeah. And he will play that, Stone Love will say, Okay, that's all you got? Okay, listen to this one. Boom, Chris Bondos comes on. Acapella style, yeah. disrespecting me. Okay. So that's how dub for dub in Jamaica works. So then you go back and forth and the crowd determines who's exactly. the winner? Exactly. Now a dub can be any artist now a dub is very important the, the more popular the artist is the more respect you get okay now say most people can't get a hold of for example a popular dj in your in your country like dj craze dj craze all right what's a popular artist in your country that people can't get a hold of um like right now uh we'll say uh childish gambino all right childish gambino right Nobody can get a hold of Childish Gambino. And in a clash, I play a dub of Childish Gambino uh, disrespecting you. Okay. It's done. <laughs> it's done. They'll be like, how do you get that? How do you get in touch with Childish Gambino, yeah. you know? So yeah, those are the things that keep Jamaica pumping. Sound clashes are really important to the society. Sometimes it brings everybody together. It gets out of hand sometimes. Yeah. But in some communities, when the sound clashes are kept, it raised for charity, oh, okay. goes to schools, books and pens and you know, those little things. Okay, so there's a lot of philanthropy that goes yeah. along with these but battles. Now in Jamaica, the, 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 the dance hall industry is getting a little bit of fight, okay. you know, depends on the, the type of music that is coming out now. They're saying the music is not good enough for the younger ones. Okay. 
Okay. So and that's fair. DJs have to be careful how they play. Now, in most places that you go now, you have to play edited songs. Okay. You know, so that's most 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 places that you go. Most places, but you know, in some places in Jamaica, they don't care. It's yeah. raw. Okay. It's raw like that. So you say you DJ in the resort as well as out in town. So how are some of the what are some of the similarities that you have between those two types of DJing? Well, it's totally different when you're DJing for a hotel crowd. Or for a hotel crowd you have people from different walks of life. You know? You have people from Germany, Belgium, Australia, India, different ways of how they listen to music. Now, sometimes when you're playing in a in a hotel you have to just play songs that everybody knows. Okay. You understand what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, because you have to be sensitive that you have you literally have a global audience here. Exactly. Now, people may think, oh my God, DJ in a hotel is easy. No, it's not. It's one of the worst. Because <laughs> you have people that come and they feel like you have to play what they want to hear. Okay. Now, it's a thing like this in a hotel. You will have like 50 people on the dance floor. Just, de- just listening to your songs going, going, they love how you play. You have that one person comes to you and say, hey, I want to hear Britney Spears. <laughs> and you're like, but look at the crowd. Yeah. Okay. You say, okay, fine. You play that one Britney Spears and the whole crowd sits down. You kill the dance floor. Kill the dance floor. And that one, that one person that came to you, asked about that song, they went and sit down and you're playing that song. You got what I'm saying? Yeah. So in the hotel industry, you have to play international songs that people actually know and can dance to so mainly a lot of just top 40 and because i know there are some differences in european and u.s top 40 and i'm sure some severe differences between like you know you go south america Mm -hmm. or even like you know eastern europe and old school too you know house of pain yeah you know dj cool those people house old school you can't lose you can't lose yeah yeah he he did drop a lot of old school tracks last night it it even had me wiggling a little bit now i was like man how does this this guy know these old tracks but you know a, a man who is a professional at his craft will understand who his audience is and what music uh, he can play to get everybody moving. And Crazy, Crazy did an excellent job of that last night. So um, you talked a little bit about the DJ scene in Jamaica. So um, now are there opportunities to play other types of music besides reggae? In, I mean, like, so in the United States, you know, we mostly have top 40 DJs. We have hip hop DJs and we have, you know, like techno and EDM house music DJs. Well, here in Jamaica now, we're trying to expand the music. Most communities that you go into, they don't know what is house music. They don't know what is EDM. They don't know nothing. They only know dancehall and reggae. Okay. Now, here in Montego Bay, we have an EDM festival. Really? Yeah. Tony, you listening? They got EDM festival here. So, here in Montego Bay, it, 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 they put it on like every two months, okay. right? Now, the, the, the venue is at Pier 1. Pier 1 outside here. Right in Montego Bay. Okay. It's an EDM festival. All the big house music DJ they come down, right? And they DJ. Now, at EDM festival here, we have three sections. We have the soca section. You know, soca music. Okay. That's a Caribbean thing, you know? Soca, these are the soca section. You have the house music section. And you have the dance hall section. Okay. So you can choose. Now, it's very surprising to see how many Jamaican people actually know house music. They listen. But as I say, in Jamaica, it depends on the area you go in. Okay. You understand what I'm saying? Now, most clubs here, you can play. You can play house music. You can play any type of music. 
most of the clubs. Now, when you say here, do you mean Montego Bay or Jamaica? Kingston too. You understand? So but two of the larger cities, you can kind of get away with that. But it depends on the club that you go. Okay. You understand what I'm saying? Now, we have a club here. It's called Pier 1. Pier 1, that's the same place that the EDM Festival is kept. Okay. Now, Pier 1 is, a, is kept on Fridays. It's called Pier Pressure. Very nice. Yeah? So that's, that's a party spot where all the tourists and the outsiders go to. Okay. Pier 1. Now, Pier 1, they play everything. Everything. It's a mixture. Now, say you're going to a club here in Jamaica. It's called, for example, Rehab. We have a club here okay, called. Yeah, I, I drove past that exactly. yesterday. Yeah. No, that is a total different scene. Strictly dancehall. Okay. Little bit of hip hop that we know, bad and bougie, you know, regular songs. Okay. Little bit of hip hop, but mostly dancehall and reggae. If you play house music, they'll be looking in your face like. You, you kill the dance floor. Yep. Okay. Yep. <coughs> sorry. No, sorry. So. In Jamaica, it depends on the scene and the area you go into. Okay. You understand what I'm saying? Most places know host music, most places don't. Most places in Kingston will know it, most places in Montego Bay won't. So if you were a DJ here in Jamaica, just throughout the country, would it be kind of challenging to create your own scene in your different in a different province that wasn't really accepting of house music? Well, no. Okay. No, as a... As a, as a DJ in Jamaica, you have to have a lot of music, you have to be all-rounded because you have people here that actually listen to different types of music. Now the scene is changing, you know, people, their minds are opening more to music, you know, you know? Yeah. So the scene is changing little by little, but as you know, you still have the folks here that keeps it one way. Okay, and, and I think we have. The, I think no matter where you go in the country, there are some people that are just aren't receptive to new types of music. Because uh, one of the thing, uh, our uh, the the director of the show, David Michael, he says um, he re- he's really fascinated when people say, "Well, what kind of music do you listen to?" Yeah. And he's like, his response is, "Good music." You know, it, I don't. You know, he doesn't say, "Oh, I listen to country," or "I listen yeah. to only techno or deep house." You know, I think you know, all of us on the show, we all listen to what music drives them at any particular yeah, yeah. time. It's it's it's. I went to a party last month, it's called uh, On The Pier, and they had a house DJ came down, right? Now, the, the aim of the party is to mix it up a little bit. Okay. You have the dancehall DJ, now the house music DJ came down, he was playing only on decks, no laptop. Oh, so he, like vinyl? Vinyl, okay. straight vinyl. Is there a lot of that here in the country? One and two. Okay. A few, not a lot. Okay. The, 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 the generations that's coming into the DJ now, they don't know how to use a vinyl. They just learn from the Serato, straight Serato, okay. you know, and the virtual DJ. They well, don't even know how to use a virtual DJ. But I'd, 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 I would argue maybe some of that is an issue of access to that, uh, you know, so two techniques in a mixer. I, I'd imagine that's a little bit challenging to get down here. Yeah. Well, most guys have it. Okay. Most guys have those mixers. Top DJs in Jamaica. Okay. You know? But if I'm brand new and wanting to start out, it'd probably be really challenging to yeah. go pick up, you know, like I said, two twelve hundreds and a rain mixer. They, they they do sell them here, but it's very expensive. Yeah. Very, very expensive. So what most DJ do, they will go abroad and they will buy it from up there and they will take it here. Okay. Just the mixers. You can okay. you can get the other rest. You know, the volume control and everything yeah. here. But the mixers, they will buy the mixes from there and they will bring it here. Cheaper. Yeah, much cheaper than trying to ship it in. Yeah. So here is crazy prices. Crazy prices. You can't even afford it. 
So would you say it's more controllerist versus turntableist in Jamaica then? I would say the turntable. Really? Turntable, yeah. Okay. For the high-end DJs, but now what about like the everyday like bedroom DJs? Regular. 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 Okay. More, as a, as you can see, I have I just had a mixer. Yeah. A small mixer, right? I just had a small mixer, walking in my arm. Yeah. Laptop in my bag. That's what most DJs do. But I'd argue, well, so where he was DJing last night, it was on the beach. So, you know, I wouldn't be super excited about bringing out two coffins, you know, and 1200s and all that. So in that situation, a, a small mixer makes sense. Yeah, that, that's what most DJs is doing. Most DJs, they have a lot of, most, most, some DJs have a lot of equipment. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Now, different mixers for different occasions. Okay. If it's on the beach, you have a small mixer. Yeah. Your laptop, your mixer, the cards, that's it. If it's on a occasion, you know, wedding, concrete, and you know, I can pull the mixer on the ground, yeah. it's easy, you know? So different occasions, different mixers. Okay, so just based off uh, what you're being forced to deal with would probably dictate the type of equipment you yes. bring. Okay. Yes, definitely. And outside, or even outside too. Even outside, you see most DJs, they have a lot of equipment. Most DJs have their own company, you know? If you want to hire a DJ to come play, it, it, it's, it's changing. The, the things and times are changing in Jamaica. As I say, the DJing, it's expanding, you know? As I, the DJs who are coming in now, the industry, their minds are really small, you know? Because they grew up DJing in the community. Okay. So, and in the community, you only have one type of music okay. outside in Jamaica. Okay. Depends on the community that you're at. You know, say you're in Kingston, I'm from Seaview Gardens in Kingston. Bad place. Okay. You know? Bad but good in some yeah. ways. Now, but it's home. It's home. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But Seaview Gardens is a place, it's, it runs orders. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So in, growing up in Seaview, they only listen to one type of music. Dancehall. You know get what I'm saying? Yeah. No, if you come up as a DJ in Seaview Gardens, you only know one type of music, dance all. Now, when you get out of Seaview and you come to the, a hotel, for example, you're going to be lost because you're not going to know, hey, jump around. Yeah. You're not going to know Robin Thicke. You're going to be like, what? <laughs> you're be like, what are those, you know? So, so your ability to play out in venues like this would be severely limited just because your breadth of knowledge with music is not that wide exactly so and the hotel too it helps you to expand your mind because oh, okay. you have different people from different races that say even when they come here they're like have you heard of this artist or that artist i'm like no when you go on the internet and you look it up it actually it's not bad yeah you know actually you have other people who knows them so it's good to take Criticism is good to learn because you're never too old to learn, you know? Yeah. It's good to listen what they have to say. It's yeah, like, always fine-tuning your craft. And, exactly. and, and just, I was going to tell you this later, but I, I got some uh, music I'm, I want you to download onto your computer later Definitely. tonight. So, um, so with all that being said, where do you see the future of DJing going in Jamaica? <laughs> that's, that's a lot. As in, a lot of DJs are coming up now, as I told you. And they're starting from the small areas in Jamaica. Now, they only know two things now, dancehall and hip-hop. Now, if you don't go outside of the community and listen other songs, mm -hmm. then you'll be stuck being that DJ in the community. You only know one thing, 
dancehall as I was saying. So you have to go out and you have to see different genres of music, different genres, different ways of DJing. You know, the future of DJing now, it's getting there. It's getting there. It's, it's a bit slow as you know, Jamaica is a bit slow on technology, you know? Mm-hmm. So the high-end DJs will have those technology. But what about the DJs who doesn't, you know? Okay. So the future of DJing is getting there. As you know, in Jamaica, we keep, we have something here that, that it's a, it's a comp- competition. It's called uh, Green Synergy, Heineken Green Synergy. It's a DJing competition. So what they do, all the young guys here, they come and they show what they got. And trust me, it's horrible. <laughs> well, is it horrible or is it just they when, haven't had exposure? When you see what they're actually doing, I'm like, oh my God. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah, you, you find a, a few good DJs. You know, it's a competition. So yeah. you're going to find a few good DJs who actually know the craft. I'm telling you, I see some guy come on this thing. I'm like, what? Where, <laughs> how did you learn to do that? It's, it's crazy. Yeah. Before you leave, I'm going to show you a clip. Okay. Of Heineken Green Synergy. Okay. If you if you guys are listening on here, look it up. It's a famous DJ show in Jamaica. Heineken Green Synergy, and then you can see where the future is going. That can determine where the future of DJing is going. So, would you argue that maybe this it creates an opportunity for more DJs to have exposure and, and greater understanding? It's it's that shows that comes on on TV. It shows other DJs out there in Jamaica to say, look, you see. You guys need to step your game up, cause when you actually see some DJs on there, I'm telling you, man, they're they're, they're pretty awesome. They're good, but as I say in Jamaica, they don't get that expose that they want. Okay. You understand what I'm yeah. saying? They sometimes they're so good, they get ignored. Okay. They get ignored. Now those guys that DJ on that show, they can do some good stuff internationally. But as I say, they get ignored, you know? Mm-hmm. They shut them down, you know? You know, that's a thing in Jamaica. It's very big. It's like when you're too good, you get ignored. If you're not famous or a little bit, mm-hmm. if you don't know people who knows people, then you won't go far. So like if you're not in the right circles, like the haters kind of exactly. take over? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Even if, even if when you're not in the right circle, you just be... You just know your craft and people just ignore it. You know, the, the people who sees it and actually can do something for you, ignores it. So most people just say, okay, fine, whatever. Even if, even in, in the, when I was growing up in Kingston, there was a guy in the community, he was so good at DJing. He knows songs, he knows internationally songs, but he was ignored. You know what he does when he's being ignored? What? He just stick to the dance hall. Yeah. Because in his mind... So he went back to what he knew exactly. would work. Okay. Because in his mind, he's saying, well, I'm playing international song and nobody's recognizing me. So what's the sense? Because his skill set wasn't recognized outside of his exactly. circle. Exactly. Okay. So he was like, okay, I'm playing international songs. Everybody's moving. But why the boss is, isn't looking at me? I'm playing international songs, not only dance hall. Mm-hmm. He was being ignored. And he just, okay, fine. Go back to dance hall. Stick to the one genre. Now, do you, is there a lot of DJs here in Jamaica? Are they using uh, mediums such as like Mixcloud and Soundcloud to like yes, uh, get exposure that way? Definitely, definitely. They, they, they use Soundcloud, Mixcloud. They use it, but most of them are not recognized. 
Okay. Most of them are not recognized at all. Okay. If it, as, as you say, if not in the right circle and the right people who actually can take the time out and listen to your miss, mm-hmm. you won't get a hit. Okay. You won't. People will go on it to listen to your mix, of course. A lot of people all over the world, they will like it, but that's it, you know? But people use SoundCloud and MixCloud, which I don't have one, I have to make one, that's really bad. Yeah. But definitely, definitely, they use it. They use a lot of those things are definitely here. Well, maybe you can become part of our ambassador program because we haven't, we don't have any foothold in Jamaica. So, I mean, we'd really like to have you on board to help us out, spread the message. Anytime you're ready, man. Anytime. As you, as you can see, I'm also the entertainment supervisor here and I'm the, I'm the MC, I'm everything. So, when he says he's everything, ladies and gentlemen, he is everything. I saw him this morning on the beach running games. Last night, you know, like I said, he killed it on the dance floor. He was emceeing. And then now, he just right before I, I hooked up with him, he was getting all everybody ready for the pool aerobics. So, you know, my man's on point when it comes to the work. Representing your logo is easy. Easy, you know. So let me know what you have in mind. Talk to me. As yeah. you know, the hotel industry is really big. You know, and it's the best place to start. Especially the real chain. The real chains are really big and they're really huge, especially when endorsing anything. So it'll be a, it will be a good step. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. So uh, before we wrap up here, any shout outs you want to give or anything you know you want to say to the folks at Passionate DJ Podcast? I'm coming to the USA soon, so look out for me. All right. <laughs> we'll definitely look out for you. So, sir, I really appreciate your time. Yes, sir. Um, once again, this is Mo coming from the Hotel Ryu Montego Bay talking with DJ Crazy. And, uh, hey, I really appreciate your time. Had a blast. And uh, you going to be DJing tonight? No. No. The resident DJ, that's DJ Pancho. Okay. Very good DJ. Okay. He's more of an old school. Okay. Well, I'll take your word for it. But I really did enjoy your set last night. So really good to meet you. And uh, we'll swap out some information. And I'll definitely give you that music tonight. All right, folks. Uh, Thanks for listening. And uh, be good to each other. Later.